How about telling your story? Well, I hate to tell you, but nobody cares about your story if you're selling one-to-one. Whose story do they care about? Their story. We never had to hard sell our product. When I bring this thing to the beach, it's like literally a magnet. People who have, you know, maybe bone on bone or tendonitis, they're constantly suffering from some amount of pain and discomfort, but they don't want to give up being active. So it's a game changer for a lot of people. What I'm selling is personal care and making people feel great. So we touch people in their highest highs and their lowest lows. I'm Richard Gerhardt. I'm Elizabeth Gerhardt. Welcome to Passage to Profit, the show that's all about entrepreneurs, innovation, and the intellectual property that helps them flourish. You've just heard some excerpts from today's show, and it was dynamite, so stay tuned for the rest. Want to patent your invention? The chance is near. You've given it heart. Now get it in gear. It's Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Tonight, we have on our show Jeremy Miner from 7th Level Communications, and he's going to be telling you how to persuade other people to purchase your product or service. In addition, we are welcoming some friends back to the show, uh, Kevin and Lori Lane from Create a Castle. Good to see you again, and we look forward to hearing all about your progress on your project. And then we have... Roy Carrillo and Darren Lancaster with Ghost Sleeves. If you thought you knew what sleeves are, you're wrong. These are amazing, especially if you're an athlete, you need them. So stay tuned and listen. We also have, just joining us, Jessica Walker, Jay Walker Salon. But before we get to our distinguished guests, it's IP in the news. And boy, do we have some humdingers for you (laughs) this evening. The first is that if you have been convicted of murder, don't think that you can enforce a patent if you were incarcerated in the state of New Jersey. Right, state by state, right? Right. A lot of people didn't know that, I'm sure. And so obviously rule one is don't commit murder in the first place. But if you do commit it in a state that allows patent enforcement. In any case, this case actually almost went up to the Supreme Court. An inmate who shall remain nameless decided that he was going to write a patent while he was in prison. He did it pro se. He got it through the patent office, and then he sued Western Digital. And we don't know if they were infringing his patent or not, but they created a defense saying, look it, you can't file a patent against us or infringement suit against us because you're in prison. And it turned out that New Jersey has a law saying that if you are in prison, you can't run a business without the warden's permission. And it turns out that the warden never gave this guy permission to uh, operate his business. And I guess they included in the definition filing a patent lawsuit. So I think that's an important lesson for us all. I think just don't kill anybody. Right. (laughs) Stay out of prison, kids. You won't be able to enforce your patents. So that was a really interesting tidbit of information that we had not known until we were clicking around the Internet. And we also found a patent application that went abandoned because they did not respond to a communication from the patent office, which is called an office action. But I thought it was a great invention. It's dog nose art. So basically, it's a method and it's very technical. She's got all these different chemicals, ways of doing this. But when your dog goes and sticks its nose on the window and makes a smudge, you can lift a print of that smudge off the window with her technique, and then you can use it to decorate anything you want. Yeah, I mean, to me, it just sounds like, you know, your standard CSI fingerprint technique only with dog noses instead of fingerprints. Who knows? They may have a dog nose database somewhere, you know, so if your dog also commits a crime, then they can identify the dog. But in any case, you can make art out of this. And just think of all the disappointed children and mothers and fathers who were expecting dog nose print art for Mother's and Father's Day. And, you know, now they're sort of left out in the cold. So it's really a tragedy that that patent never went through and the product was never commercialized. Well, there may be something similar. I don't know. I don't have a dog, but you know what? If there is something similar, I'd probably get it for my son whose dog is like his baby. I didn't actually, I'm wondering like what other animals this could apply to. So like, could you get like fish lips maybe or 
cat noses or elephant trunk things. If it was written broadly enough, you could have a lot of options. <laughs> On that note, <laughs> I, I would like to hear what everybody else in the room thinks about this. So we will go to Richard's roundtable now. Jeremy, welcome to the show. And you got to take this someplace. What are your thoughts? Well, uh, you know, I, I would say, you know, don't do drugs, don't go to jail, don't commit murder, those type of things. I, I mean, before you brought that up, I mean, that was kind of like um, shocking news. I would never even think about something like that. So you're right. There's nothing that you can say. And I do get how, you know, there are laws that if you go to jail for a crime and you write a book about it, you know, they say you shouldn't be able to profit off of your criminality, which I buy into. On the other hand, I mean, if you have somebody who wants to write a patent, presumably there's some productiveness in that, right? And so... I have to say, though, I, I kind of agree with the court's decision. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say, I mean, if you committed that type of crime, now, obviously, if it's a different type of crime, let's say you, you know, you live in Alabama and you, you know, smoke marijuana and you went to prison for a century or whatever. I know there's lots of really strict on that kind of stuff. Right. Hey, let's let the patent, you know, you can have the patent. But I think for maybe that type of crime, maybe you shouldn't be allowed to have it. I don't know. I agree with you. And what's what's he going to do with the money <laughs> if, he, if he wins? Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's an interesting of... one. I, I I would say it depends on the crime. If it's that type of crime, I say don't let him have the patent. I, I don't know, man. That's I'd have to really think about that one. Caught me off guard. But if it's a lesser <laughs> If it's a lesser crime or something like that, then hey, let them have the patent, I would say for sure. Well, it's yeah, and it's about running a business from your jail cell in New Jersey. So they really (laughs) don't want people to do that. When you brought that up, what came to mind would be like Al Capone, you know, like in the 1930s, arrested, like running his mob from prison, like directing the shots, had like this nice big cell and all this stuff. That's what brought to my mind when you brought that. Yeah, that's that's kind of where we're at. It. Kevin, Laurie, what do you think? Yeah, I think you're actually talking about my uncle John Doe. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I'm just kidding. Going back to what you guys are just talking about is we're in complete agreement where you commit a crime that deep and that heavy. You kind of lose a few rights, especially when you're still in prison. It, you know, it changes the game a little bit. Yeah, I hear you. Roy and Darren, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I can only come up with one scenario where I'm like, this could make sense is, is you know, you're, you're, you're stuck and there's only so much you can do. But, you know, if there's some way you can still help take care of your family, create a business, maybe partner with someone outside that they could have the IP rights. They could, you know, essentially execute the business on your behalf. It's a way of still participating and taking care of your family. I'm on board with that. Yeah. It makes me wonder while you're in prison, a lot of things goes through your mind and you have the time to think about all kinds of inventions. So I, you know, I'm all about giving people a chance about getting the ideas out there. Could you sell the IP? I guess. If, I mean, that's a business transaction. So I guess it's up to the warden to decide. So maybe if you give the warden a cut out of it. Or yeah. You know, if the guy had cut the warden in, maybe it would have been a different, but I don't think wardens are supposed to work that way. No, I don't think so. But you're looking at it from the productive side and not only just the penal side to the individual, but I mean, this was a complicated patent. It was like, had something to do with disk drives for computers and stuff. So he was obviously a, you know, a well-educated murderer. Smart guy. I wonder how he got caught then. (laughs) They always get caught. So Jessica. I'm all about contribution and being able to contribute to make the world a better place. However, I do feel like if you're behind bars, you're behind bars for a reason and you probably should stay there and take your punishment, especially for murder. It's one thing if you're in there for, you know, a different kind of crime, like what Jeremy was saying, but that's my opinion. Yeah. Part of the penal system is designed to penalize people and it's not really a penalty if you get to do you know, all sorts of other stuff while you're there. Right. So Kenya, it makes me think a little bit about the Shawshank Redemption. I don't know if you remember Uh, that movie, right? So I agree with Darren, you know, in terms of giving people a second chance. I also think this entrepreneurship could be a great way to recreate prison reform, right? We're trying to rehabilitate people to go back into society and not be a burden on society. So I think that there's a way to incorporate you know, inventions, entrepreneurship to create opportunities for folks to be able to support their family and to be able to come back into society. I know when you're murdered someone, it's a little trickier, 
but probably not going to happen. But yeah. I feel like there's something to be said about as long that. as you don't get a luxury cell. <laughs> for know, sure. <laughs> you got like and a maybe, three, a two thousand square foot cell with like sofas and big flat screen TVs. I don't know. And maybe you have to pay some of the restitution back to the state based on some of those profits. That's a good idea. I'm in agreement with you. So that said, I think it's time for a commercial break. Passage to profit. We have our next guest, Jeremy Miner, coming up from 7th Level Communications. So stick around. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearHeartLaw.com. At GearHeart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at GearHeart Law. www.GearHeartLaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protecting protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Our special guest is Jeremy Miner from 7th Level Communications. And Jeremy is just a wealth of information about how to sell. And of course, people don't really like that term anymore. He's got a new approach that we think you'll find very engaging in whatever business you're in. Obviously, you always have to persuade people to do something. So Jeremy's an expert at that. So welcome to the show, Jeremy. Tell us a little bit about your company and sure. what you do and how you do it. Well, Richard, thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm going to take all of that as a compliment. My kids say I'm pretty boring. So whenever I get any type of compliments, I just have to soak them in. So yeah, so we own a we own a, a global sales training company. We're headquartered out of Sydney, Australia, with our USA headquarters here in Scottsdale, Arizona. I actually am in my house today because in our office space, starting yesterday, they started jackhammering the sidewalks right below. And so I figured that you might not be able to hear me that well with the jackhammers going. So I'm here in the home office today. So we started our firm about three years ago. You know, a lot of learning mistakes, learning curves. The last year has been really good for us. We're the, I think we've made the Inc. 5000 fastest growing companies in the United States. The top 5,000 were ranked like 1,230 something. And we're the- Wow, that's great. Congratulations. You know, every blind squirrel eventually finds a nut, (laughs) as the the saying goes, but we're the uh, ranked the number one fastest sales training company or firm in the world now in the last uh, 12 months. So uh, it's just about building the right team. It's not me. It's just the team around me that makes it all good. I'm just kind of the boring guy that does a lot of the methodology and stuff like that. But once you have the right team, uh, really anything is possible in business and my thoughts for sure. So you gave us some questions we could ask you, which is awesome. Thank you. (laughs) And I feel like this one is really important for listeners. So what do you think are a few of the biggest mistakes entrepreneurs make when they're trying to sell their products? You know, I'm going to say something that is everybody's going to be like, what? No way. Like, I need to be this. But I think... One of the biggest mistakes, and we see companies do this, whether they're, you know, we have a few Fortune 500 companies down to SMB to individual salespeople selling anything. And I think one of the biggest mistakes that entrepreneurs make, especially when they start, is they they come across so enthusiastic about their products and services, and they try to talk about their solutions so early in conversations that they just trigger people to run the other way. Right. See, think used car salesperson. Now, no pun intended. We train a lot of car dealerships, but they know what I'm talking about. Okay. And I know, like, when I say that, when I'm at events and I say that, and they're like, no, like, we have to, we have to be excited about what we sell. We have to be enthusiastic because when we're enthusiastic, people are just going to be excited too. And I'm like, really? That's so interesting. You know, I'm, I'm thinking about that. <laughs> really? So you go into Best Buy and the Best Buy salesperson's really excited about that flat screen TV. And you're like, wow, that's so awesome because you're so excited. So now, do I mean that you shouldn't be excited about your products and services? No. 
but you have to keep that to yourself. You have to keep that internal. You have to, you know, like when we're training groups of salespeople, we say, hey, you got to get rid of the commission breath, like, you know, hashtag ditch the pitch. And I think, you know, my background is a behavioral science and, and human behavior. That's what I went to school for. I'm not sure uh, that that means anything, but in this it does. So typically like the way the human mind works is, is usually within about seven to 12 seconds of every sales call or any sales interaction you're with a prospect, whether that's on Zoom or, you know, whether that's on the doors or whether that's in a boardroom meeting or a home, it doesn't really matter. Your prospects are subconsciously picking up on your verbal and nonverbal cues, you know, tonality, body language, okay, of what you are saying and or asking that triggers their brain to react to you in one of two ways, okay? So first way is if you come across like aggressive, if you come across needy and I would say attached, like you're, you know, the commission breath is coming out and you don't know the right questions to ask to get them to engage, it triggers what we call fight or flight mode. Okay, everybody's heard of fight or flight mode. I don't think a lot of people understand what that means. And that's where your prospects try to get rid of you very fast. And they say things like, oh, uh, can you call me back uh, later? I'm too busy. Or, you know, we don't need that. We, we already have that. Or we don't have the money for that. Or, you know, uh, maybe call me back in a week, a month, a year later. You know, does that ever happen to anybody listening? Of course, right? Yeah. Now, if you come across more neutral, calm, and detached, detached is the keyword, and you ask the right questions, it triggers their brain to subconsciously become curious enough that they want to engage, that they actually want to open up to you because you might have something very important for them. So we have to, any kind of a conversation we're in, especially as a business owner, let's say we're meeting with investors or anything, we have to come across you know, detached from the expectations of really making the sale and instead focus on whether there's even a sale to be made in the first place. Focus on whether or not you can actually solve their problems. Yeah. So when clients call Gerhardt Law and I talk to them, I usually just say, hey, I'm Richard Gerhardt. How can I help you? And I listen to what they have to say. And then based on what they say, I give them advice. And usually the thing that I think makes it successful for us is that if you can solve their problem or show them or tell them how to solve their problem, then they're much more likely to work with you as opposed to saying, well, you know, we've been in business 15 years and we have this expertise. They don't care about that. They Nobody just cares about you. They only care about Yeah, it's like I have a very laid back personality, but the firm has a lot of clients. And part of it is just really being able to listen to somebody and figure out a way to make yeah. your needs mesh. We call that becoming a problem finder and problem solver, not a product pusher. And there's a whole thing we could talk about that for sure. But you're so true. It's, it's about disarming the prospect throughout the whole sales conversation. It's all about disarming the prospect where they want to open up to you. Because if you can't disarm them, they just stay like surface level with you about what's really going on. And then there's no urgency for them to make a decision at the end of that first call or second conversation. Or maybe if you're you know selling medical device and it's a doctor three months later, they just don't move because they don't feel any urgency because they've never... You've never been able to open them up because your questions are too surface level. And human beings, we always hear this. Do they make decisions on logic or emotion? It's 100% emotion. They just justify it later with logic. You're so true. I would love to ask you all the questions on this list. But that would be like a three-hour show. I, know. <laughs> I, I go off. But I'm you, sorry. I just go off. No, I, I'm really enjoying This is great for our listeners, great for us. But you also have a book, The New Model of Selling, Selling to an Unsellable Generation, which people yes. should check out. Where can people find you? Because you actually coach people, right? Yeah. I mean, we train, like I said, we train Fortune 500 companies to SMB all the way down to individual salespeople. Our clients are, we train hundreds of different industries at this point. It does, anything that's sold, a product or service, it doesn't matter. So the book, just so you know, the book is published late spring 2022, so you can't find it yet. It's co-authored by a good friend of mine, Jerry Acuff, who's the CEO of Delta Point. It's a huge uh, sales consulting firm as well. So we're writing that together. It's great. And then if they want to know more details about our training or anything like that, you can send them to, we have a free Facebook group. They would just go to www.salesrevolution.group. So they just go to salesrevolution.group. 
join that for free. We ask them a couple survey questions like what industry are they in? What do they sell? It kind of helps us know what type of training. And me, our CEO, our vice president, uh, we have tons of our trainers that go live in there every day and we give them different tips, different tactics. We do Q&As just to help them sell more of their products and services. So salesrevolution.group would be a good place. Well, you sold me, that's for sure. I was going to say, I didn't know I needed to join this group, but now I understand. Maybe you don't, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So a lot of good information and content there. So thank you very much, Jeremy. We have to take a break right now, but we'll be back with more Passage to Profit right after this. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit GearHeartLaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. And I thought Jeremy was just wonderful with all of the great insights Unfortunately, his book is not available yet, but it will be. And as you mentioned, you can join the Facebook if you want to learn more. Now it's time to go on to our very good friends, Kevin and Lori Lane from Create a Castle. Welcome to the show, guys. Good to see you again. And we'd love an update on your project and what's been happening lately. But but first, tell everybody what it is. So basically, Kevin invented a new way to build sand and snow castles. So instead of the traditional fill in flip it mold he invented where you unbuckle it and pull it apart similar to a spring form pan um, they've done it in cement they've done it in baking and no one had ever done it in sand and snow so thankfully we are patent protected <laughs> so yes you are and you know you just gave me a great idea if you could fill these forms with concrete you could make sand castles that never go away <laughs> yeah masons we've had masons buy it we've had artists buy it anyways you guys have a lot of add-ons too i love the little fairy lights that you put with it yep light up your castle at night and everything so yeah it's been um we started it in 2017 was our first like when we formed our llc and it's been a whirlwind ever since so i think we were on your show a couple of years ago now that's right right. you've been on the shopping networks and you won the top award at a toy show was it last year right before the pandemic hit we won the uh, toy of the year in the outdoor category so we won the coveted toady award um, which is like the oscars of the toy industry and it was wild. We were at the dinner with thousands of people. And right before we went on stage, when they called us to win, it was actually the owner of Little Tykes was inducted into the Toy Hall of Fame. And then we were called on stage like right after him. It was just surreal. And Jeremy's company can find them in Australia, right? Absolutely. Yeah. We just, we just got this in Australia and New Zealand. A lot of our success goes back to what Jeremy was actually talking about before, which is we never had to hard sell our product. When I bring this thing to the beach, it's like literally a magnet. It's just a polar magnet just just pulls people in. He doesn't even say anything. He sits down and builds. I'll build. (laughs) And then it's like magic. People come to us and they started asking us tons of questions about the product. And there's no hard sell. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty. I just came back from Florida. And the second I came back from Florida, what did we see? We saw a spike in sales on our website. It's just you getting out there, not hard selling it. It's literally just showing and telling. Sounds like a great life, you know, you're spending your time on the beach yeah. building sand castles Until and, supply, and making money. Right? Until the supply chain broke down. <laughs> really, that, did you guys overcome your supply chain problems? Well, I mean, it's just been the same issue that everyone else is having. So, you know, we got those containers. We have five containers on the water right now with dates that they're supposed to arrive. And we're just praying that they get here. We're paying 10 times more for them. But, you know, same issue that everyone is having. But at least we have the product is out in 
on the way to us, which is, yeah. you know, we're ahead of a lot of people that unfortunately can't even get their product out. So we're lucky. Wow. Jeremy. Hey, you sold me. Like I'm in. Can I get that on Amazon or where do I go? Amazon or start at creativecastle.com and go from there. These are elaborate. These are not just little three inch high sandcastles yeah. or snow castles. These are villages. I think, you know, you solve a problem, right? Like see, see yeah. most people out there building sandcastles don't know that they even have a problem. You know, they start, you know, possibly seeing what you have have to offer then they realized how bad the sandcastle that dad always tries to make that gets washed yeah. up all the time or takes three hours doesn't work now they realize they have a problem and you solve that they, problem they have a functional sandcastle yeah we really solved the problem by planning and staking ourselves in the heart of the busiest part of the beach doing a live demo and then everybody kind of flocks yeah. to what we end up building well that's what we did when he first invented it and we got our prototype instead of going door to door we went beach to beach yep. And we'd take that prototype, he would build, and we'd be like, okay. Like, I mean, just the reaction, like at that point we knew. Yeah, I, I mean, I could go back in time. I knew that we had a winner when I only had a prototype. I think I've told Elizabeth and Richard this story. We had a prototype, I was on a beach, and after 15, 20 minutes on the beach of just building a simple castle, somebody, you know, a bunch of people came up, happened to be a high level banker from Boston area, because I was up in Boston, and heard my story and he's like, can I invest? I knew right there at that point we were onto something tremendously huge because that doesn't happen. And we found you through the beach because Kenya was on the beach right. and she saw you and she's not shy. She walked up and that's how we met you guys and got you on here. But Kevin, yeah. I know we had discussed and Lori, we had discussed some new innovations that you're coming out with. Can you talk about those yet? We can. We can actually show. So yeah. Lori, Lori so will we give have you a it show because we are patent pending. We have our provisional patent on these as well. Okay, see. So we are taking a similar concept of our outdoor kit and bringing it indoor. Big to little. Thankfully, with the pandemic, we had an outdoor product. So we did well with everybody wanting to purchase and, you know, because people were home. And then people were saying, oh, I wish I could do something inside too. Well, now they can. So basically, it's going to have a key. And this is just a prototype as well. So then it's going to open up. The okay. cool thing is, is it builds, we have proprietary sand or snow. For our radio listeners, it's like a rectangle of yeah. material that you would put in a small mold and you would clamp the two sides together and then open it up. And then There's you'd have- sand castle or snow castle. Yep. It's going to come in, in a kit with a little play mat. And it's the thing that differentiates us from like kinetic sand and some of the other sand kits that are out there. Kinetic sand is very heavy and it like slowly, like almost, almost like- melts our proprietary sand or we call it snow but it's really white sand you can stack it so it actually builds up to what did they say we could do about, a right? about a yeah like you can stack the pieces and they actually stay they form the detail that you can get out of it it's really hyper good. hyper realistic it's next level again you know our outdoor kit's next level the indoor kit's going to be it's next very level. similar so we're very excited because we have a lot of stores you know that we're in already for the outdoor kit are very interested and you know they cannot wait for the indoor kit we have some more exciting news too for the outdoor kit um, we landed two major accounts we landed sam's club nationally for next year and we also landed costco canada wow congratulations well, really really big accounts wow so we'll be able to say we knew you when yeah <laughs> we when still you're... talk to us when you're billionaires <laughs> if we survive <laughs> as long as i get a scarf as as so, a well you want an ascot okay. yeah this, this scarf is going to cost blue. you a lot of money let me tell you it's gonna have to be blue. So, I need blue. but this is all great but our audience is always interested in hearing sort of the stories and in a way it just sounds like it was easy but what, what are some of the bigger there. challenges Challenges that you faced? I mean, there's been so many challenges and yeah. every day there's still a challenge. You know, I mean, the biggest thing is we've talked to so many people that are like, oh, just do this. Or if you watch Shark Tank, you think that it's very simple and like, oh yeah, no big deal. I built a million things in my basement overnight You know, for anybody who's invented anything. It's a lot more complicated than yeah. that, but we have just made the right connections, which has helped. And one piece of advice that I would give to anybody starting this is no matter where you come from, what industry you've been in, never burn any bridges and always keep in contact with anybody you've worked with. Because some of the resources that we have are from his past life, from my past life. So it's really been 
helpful in navigating a lot of the issues that have, you know, have arisen, whether it's financial, production. Logistics. Well, didn't you tell <laughs> me at one point that you were having the shipping crates delivered to your house and you and your kids were unloading them into the warehouse? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, put your kids to work. 100%. Let yeah. them see the birth of your business yeah. and let them be experienced. Our, our first container that came in, I think there were 16, 16 years old at the time, eight 16 year old boys unloaded our first container all over. So yeah. wow. friends, you put them to work and they, it was hard. It's been a lot of hard work yeah. and the whole family involved. That said, you are listening to Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gerhardt. We'll be back right after this. Hi, I'm Lisa Askley's Inventress founder, CEO, and president of Inventing A to Z. I've been inventing products for over 38 years, hundreds of products later and dozens of patents. I help people develop products and put them on the market from concept to fruition. I bring them to some of the top shopping networks in the world, QVC, HSN, Evine Live, and retail stores. Have you ever said to yourself, someone should invent that thing? Well, I say, why not make it you? If you want to know how to develop a product from concept to fruition the right way, contact me, Lisa Askeles, the inventress. Go to inventingatoz.com, inventingatoz.com. Email me, lisa at inventingatoz.com. Treat yourself to a day chock full of networking, education, music, shopping, and fun. Go to my website, inventingatoz.com. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. We do have my lovely wife on her startup, Fireside. So tell us what's going on with Fireside. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, Fireside Directory is a video directory of small businesses. I started it right before the pandemic. And when everybody was sitting at home doing nothing, I interviewed a whole bunch of people for it over Zoom. So I have over 100 interviews. Now I'm working on the website. I found somebody to help me with it because I really need to bump the website up to the next level. And I filed a patent application on some extra things that go along with it. And I'm just excited to be working on it still. And again, I can't understand why you didn't use Gerhardt Law for that patent application. Well, I drafted it myself. I am a patent agent, but I did have Gerhardt Law file it for oh, me. Oh, you did? So, wow, yes. that's great. Yes. And they filed my trademark applications. So, <laughs> so yes. Yeah. So it's Fireside Directory and the interviews spread word of mouth and through networking. And it was really fun doing the interviews. I'm not doing as many now. And I think I'll start up again, but I have to network because people have to trust me to be interviewed by me about their business because there's some people out there interviewing that are not as nice. And there are also some interviewers trying to make it all about them. I try to make it all about the person I'm interviewing. And to me, that's the most important part. So anyway, I'm plugging away at it. Once I get the new website, I'm going to really go out and try to get more interviews going again. Richard had an idea in there for scaling that we're going to try to get the app written to do that. Yeah. I mean, it's a great tool for business owners who want to expose their personality and their business in a directory as opposed to on a website. There's lots of additional options there. And it's great for consumers because they can see different providers and make evaluations based on their video instead of having to call three or four people. So well, the, the other thing about it is that a lot of people are using voice now like Siri and Alexa. And if you just have yourself on a website, there's no voice there. So I have it transcribed as well. But if Siri's looking for somebody who's actually saying something with the right SEO, you may come up, your video may come up. So that's why a lot of people are using video now. Yeah, it's a great new product. Now it's time for our presenters. Right. So I get to introduce our presenters. So now we have Roy Carrillo and Darren Lancaster with Go Sleeves. Now these guys are digital marketing pros. So I asked them about their marketing, like, yeah, we got that down, but we came up with this really cool idea that's really needed. And I think these will sell themselves. So please introduce yourselves and tell us about your product. I'm uh, Darren Lancaster. I'm Roy Carrillo. So we, we co-founded uh, Go Sleeves and, and and let's see if they sell themselves. So I'll, I'll ask you guys, Richard, Elizabeth. Okay. So, in terms of being active and and on the go, maybe doing some uh, you know some training or you know things to take care of your body. Do you have any activities and any kinds of you know breakdowns that go along with that? Yeah, I have plenty of breakdowns. 
Not just due to my athletic activities, though. But I do exercise daily. I did a few triathlons last summer, short ones. He's very active. He's We've got a whole home gym in the basement. He works out a lot. I have a bum ankle, so I love to run, but my ankle's not really happy with that anymore. So Yeah, so we're active. You know, you got to do something, right? It only takes an hour a day, so it's not that big a deal. Uh, yeah, I fully agree. And I mean, Elizabeth, you know, you have an ankle issue that sounds like maybe prevents you from sometimes getting out and doing what you want to do, walk or run or be active. Yeah, I, right now I'm recovering. I, I roll my ankles really easily and I rolled it really she badly. Does. It's always on vacations, too. <laughs> <laughs> I, I stepped in a drain hole on a cruise ship. <laughs> like the rest of the cruise, I was but like, anyway, you know, yes. you need a crutch or yeah, a so it's always my left ankle and it it's it does. It stops me from doing things I want to do. Which feels like when you want to do something and you're prevented from doing it by this breakdown, what's the what's the feeling? What's the emotions that are attached to that? Frustration, anger. Yeah, she gets angry at me a lot and is very frustrated. <laughs> It doesn't the whole halo of your family when you. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's, it's, it's frustration mostly. It, it's definitely it's like, uncomfortable. So, so you just described who we appeal to. So it's folks who really want to be active. They're they're they have kind of a competitive mindset. So they're spending time. They're investing time being healthy and active. And when they can't. It's super frustrating. So that's really who we are and how we came across this idea besides being digital markers. Like here's a problem that hits us 15 years of playing basketball together and watching each other go in and out of being inactive and frustrated with that. So what we have invented is a new category of, of sleeves. It's a kinesiology sleeve. So it's basically a mashup of compression sleeves that people are probably pretty experienced with and kinesiology tape. And if you've been taped up, right, you've had an injury, you might've been taped up by your doctor, your physical therapist, your chiropractor, your trainer, it's usually about recovery from an injury. Mm -hmm. And if you haven't been taped up, then you've seen it on the Olympics, right? The volleyball players or professional athletes, colorful tape all over their bodies. And it is more than a fashion statement. It's actually really functional. So it's helping people recover from injuries faster, mitigate pain, or to help with performance and, and to stay injury-free. So we offer a knee sleeve currently, a knee sleeve and a calf sleeve. And what you'll see, if you can, uh, for, the, for the YouTube folks, is inside the sleeve is kinesiology strips. It mimics the tape. So with the knee sleeve, the tape pattern is targeting the key muscles, ligaments, and tendons around your knee as if you're getting taped up. The calf sleeve is the Achilles tendon, the calf muscle, shin splints. So rather than being taped up, you can just pull on a sleeve in seconds and you've got a reusable, washable, much simpler to use uh, sleeve than trying to take yourself up, not knowing how to do it and being frustrated that the tape falls off and it's very expensive if you're using it regularly. This does sound like you're really solving a really important problem for a lot of people because if I can't move, I feel like once you stop moving, you start dying because I have to be moving all the time and having bum extremities, ankles, legs, knees. Really... She's like a shark. She has to keep moving. <laughs> I have to keep swimming. Anyway, listeners, you are listening to Passage to Profit and you can find this product at GoSleeves.com. And we will be right back after this message. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearheartLaw.com. At Gearheart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at Gearheart Law, www.gearheartlaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A 
www.ecw.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Time for our final presenter, Jessica Walker. Jessica's, I assume, started with one beauty salon and now has many in New Jersey and was very active during quarantine, too, to help salons all over the state survive. And we really want to hear her story. So welcome, Jessica. Thank you, everybody, for having me here. You know, I'm all about connecting, and I love to... Um, the reason I think why I'm still in business is because, uh, you know, I am innovating every day with life and issues and problems. And we all come against struggles. And something that my father taught me from when I was a very little girl was get up, get dressed and show up. And that really has been the basis of how I do things, because sometimes it can be really difficult, especially going over the pandemic. But with all of that, I put myself out there by trying to be a voice for small businesses across the country. I think that it gave more meaning and purpose to what we do as the beauty industry, we all look in the mirror at ourselves every day. And I believe when our outer looks good, your inner feels better. And I think that over the pandemic, what we've recognized is how valuable the relationship with your stylist was. You know, you find this person and they're your person and you don't typically jump around when you find your person. So I think that it somewhat elevated our industry. You know, my mission is really to change the way the world sees beauty. And I feel that we're caregivers to people on the day to day and there's no ceiling on how much uh, money this industry can make. But, you know, I'm I'm very happy to be here with you guys and I appreciate uh, the opportunity to speak and get the word out. That's great. So tell us some of the things that you did during the pandemic to help us get through some of the stuff that we went through? So I think help and hope. Hope was really something that I was striving for. I thought that we were going to get on this bus for maybe a week or two, and then it was a bus to nowhere, and it continued on. And my company was shut down for three months in New Jersey. So I had just expanded to four locations, and it was very traumatic to have no income coming in and not really know what to do with all of my staff. I think I had around 60 people at the time. So I started reaching out to the local newspapers. Um, I'm very involved in the Chamber of Commerce here, and I'm on the board for a couple of uh, nonprofits within my area. But I started reaching out to the newspapers, and they picked up an ad, and then a couple of news media stations called. And I just started to get on and share some of the experiences that I've had as a business owner being shut down, especially when the dogs were allowed to get their hair cut. I was like, how can we cut dogs hair? And I'm like, well, dogs aren't giving anybody that's, COVID. That's different. Yeah. <laughs> totally different. Um, so, you know, that's basically what I did was put myself out there. I went and just was an advocate for talking to small businesses and then talking with small businesses that are here locally and nationally, getting in touch with people um, who needed support and might need advice and, and me sharing my experience and them sharing their experiences with me. It gave us hope like what you guys were talking about earlier, you know, hence we're still here. I feel like I'm on the other side of it. However, you know, during the time it was really difficult thinking, what am I going to invent or how am I going to be able to continue to do business? Because our industry is, you know, you need people in your chairs. That's the way. Yeah, that this I mean, that's a tough one. Right. Well, I think it's awesome that you've got four salons. Now there are salons all over New Jersey. So what makes yours really stand out? We're a very um, a family-oriented uh, company where the people that we work with, we know, like, and trust each other. We're very involved in the community. So when people come in, we have an organization that I'm on the board with called Diva for a Day, another organization called HeartWorks. And our community understands that we are here not only to give services to people who are paying, but to give to people who may not be able to provide these services for themselves. We're all going to be at some point on our knees if we all haven't been already. So if we can give of ourselves during our times, whether it's a cancer, a car accident, a fire, there's been so many different instances over the last 25 years that I've been in business where people will call and say, can we provide this party? Can we bring these people into your wellness center? And the answer is always yes. That's wonderful. I remember, especially the first months of COVID where everything was just so uncertain. And as a business owner too, I didn't know what to do. And you don't know what to tell people. Your team is asking you questions that you don't really have the answers for. You have financial obligations that you have to address and you're not sure that you're going to be able to uh, address them. So I think a lot of people were having those same kinds of questions and, and concerns. And uh, you know, we applaud you for taking those steps. 
So what, what got you into the salon business in the first place? What attracted you to be a salon owner? From the time that I was 10 years old, I started working. I was always selling different things and I really loved making people feel beautiful. So when I graduated high school, I actually had a little girl. I had to do something that I was going to make money. And I went into cosmetology school and I opened up my salon. I was 19 years old. So um, I was in a small shopping center that had a lot of traffic. And again, I really feel that the reason why I'm still in business is because the connection that I make with people. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I I think when you're coming from a place of love, magic happens. Yeah, I just want to say one thing. I noticed here that you have quite a few accolades and quite a few awards. And you're one of the best 50 women in business for 2021 from NJ Biz. But you're also best of the knot which I actually recognize the knot because my daughter-in-law and son used the knot for their wedding planning. And there are a lot of people on the knot. So that's pretty impressive too. So you you obviously are doing something right. Thank you. I have a pretty big wedding business. We have an on-location beauty company where we'll go on site for any event. We do a lot of bar mitzvahs, sweet 16s. We do a ton of weddings, but we'll send our team out and we go all over the country. We've been out of the country as well. So again, we love making people feel beautiful. And you know, the bigger problem you solve for a community, the bigger reward you have, like what Kevin and his wife are doing. They're solving this problem of the sandcastles. That's so frustrating. And my kids are always like, mom, you stink. That's terrible. Now I can buy yours and they're going to think I'm a hero. (laughs) So Kenya has uh, joined us. Kenya? Jessica, you know, I just would ask, like, what advice do you have for other creators or stylists in the beauty space in terms of like how to pivot during a tough time? Because you were, you seem very creative and innovative. Like what advice would you give them if they're feeling a little stagnant And like they haven't been able to fully recover from everything that's been going on. Yeah, I think the recovery process is a development. It's a, it's go, it's going to take time. My biggest piece of advice, I believe, is to first get up, get dressed, and show up. That's a value that I have from when I'm a very, very small girl from watching my parents. But have mentors. Find mentors that are in your life. They don't even have to necessarily be in your industry because business is business. You have to have system, structure, consistency, right? So having those mentors and those relationships where you can know, like, and trust the people that you're getting it, their experiences from really can change the trajectory of hope for you and for anyone that's out there within any industry. But I think if you're a stylist specifically, you know, finding someone who's done it well and who seems to have security in your lane would be my best piece of advice because that's really what I looked to during that time. That's great advice. And I'm down with the structure getting up and going off to work every day. Even during the pandemic, when I was the only one in the building, I got dressed up in my suit because I wanted the staff to see that we could continue on and be in a sort of a regular pattern. And I did it for my own coping, you know, just because I'd had that habit for so many years, I didn't see the pandemic as a reason to disrupt that. And I think in the long term, it benefited us. I don't, I don't know. but Well, you're do... here and you seem quite happy. You both are smiling. You're very comfortable <laughs> on camera and very welcoming and warm. So I think it's done you right. You know, I was wondering, where are your four salons? So I have one located in Mendham, New Jersey. I have a salon located in Bernardsville, New Jersey. I have a salon located in Basking Ridge, New Jersey. And I have a wellness center that was just open a little bit before COVID that's also in Bernardsville. That was a spinoff of us having a spa. And I really felt like the wellness center needed its own space to be able to not only help people look good on the outside, but to work on the inside as well. Excellent. And people can find you at jwalkersalon.com. Is that right? Exactly. Great. I look forward to your business growing even more. (laughs) I hope it does for you. And and I look forward to visiting your wellness center because I would like to do that. Yeah. Love to have you. Listeners, you are listening to Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart on WOR 710, the voice of New York. And we'll be right back. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearhart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearhart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are 
passionate about protection, licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit GearHeartLaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now more with Richard and Elizabeth. Passage to Profit. I had so much fun and I learned a lot too. And if you missed any of it or you want to rehear some of it because there was pretty valuable information on this show today. The podcast will be out tomorrow on iHeart Podcast and all the podcasting sites and also go to our YouTube channel. We always get the best looking people on the show. I keep saying that, but it's true. Well, thank you, dear. <laughs> yes. Um, and you can see Richard's ascot. There's Danielle the third. But anyway, to summarize, our guest was Jeremy Miner with Seventh Level Communications. He is using a brand new technique for sales that blows everything else out of the water yeah, and he, he uses mind control <laughs> Is it brain control or mind mind control? control. (laughs) You can find him at salesrevolution.group and join his Facebook group. He'll help you with your sales. And Kevin and Lori Lane with Create a Castle. And they've been on the show before. They have a unique way to make sand and snow castles. And now they have an indoor version. So if you have kids running around the house on the holidays, like this is the perfect time. It's a creative fun activity for everybody and yeah, these are sand castles so you can't actually walk in them unless you're very very small i think our next challenge should be to build real castles and you know huge full-size molds so that would be my challenge why am i getting that look okay and, and moving on um <laughs> we had roy carrillo and darren lancaster with ghost leaves ghostleaves.com a really innovative product which is kind of like taping up your legs and knees and different parts of your body. They make them for different parts of your body and having some compression. So for people who work out or people who just want to be able to walk around without a lot of pain. And then we had Jessica Walker with jwalkersalon.com. She's got four hair and beauty salons in New Jersey, but she does a lot of weddings and stuff. She travels all over the country and brings her team. And like all of our guests tonight, really amazing person too. Yeah, so she does a lot. And we cannot forget our media maven, Kenya Gibson. So that's Gibson with a P. So Kenya Gibson at iHeartMedia.com. As we've said many times before, she was the brain for this show. She came up with it, the idea and the format, and she's been working with us on it ever since. And if you have digital marketing needs, she can help you with those. She can help you with radio spots. She can help you with Facebook advertising, anything through iHeart. So get a hold of Kenya if you need some advertising. She's often imitated, but never duplicated. So (laughs) (laughs) and with that over to you richard well thank you everybody for listening and or viewing passage to profit but before we go uh, we'd like to ask our guests for some final words so jeremy you know i think about a lot of people say like i'm not in sales like how do why do i need to learn how to persuade or influence but I, i really think if you think about what you do everybody listening now all of us everybody really in the world is out there trying to persuade influence, we're trying to convince, we're trying to move others. You know, we call that non-sales selling. Even if you're not being paid a commission for it, you know, like if, uh, let's say if you're a business owner, like everybody is on here and you're trying to get your employees to follow your vision of where you want to take your company, well, what are you trying to do? You're trying to persuade influence. You're trying to move others. If you're an employee on the flip side and you're trying to convince your boss to give you a pay raise, what are you trying to do? You're trying to persuade. Trying to get more money. <laughs> you're an attorney, like we talked about, and you're trying to convince the judge that your client's innocent. Well, I hate to say you're trying to convince, persuade. You know, politics, if you're a politician trying to get people to vote for you, yeah. you're trying to persuade, convince, and move others. So selling, you know, Elizabeth, like you said in the beginning of the show, persuasion has been around even before the world started right it's like if you you know if you if you read the bible like in the book of revelations it talks about how there was a war in heaven right and a third of the host of heaven didn't accept god's plan and they got thrown to the earth right <laughs> his followers and everybody else accepted the plan what was so that you've, you've, you've convinced us <laughs> kevin laurie what do you uh, have to say well we just want to say thank you for having us on we love being on your show anyways i mean and it goes back to you know 
all the paths that you, the people that you meet and the paths that you cross, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for meeting Kenya on a desolate beach. (laughs) No one else on that beach, but Kenya and her husband walking by watching us build. So, you know, it kind of started from there and it just, we learned so much in the show. Great show as always. You know, we love you, Elizabeth and Richard. So thanks. Well, thank you so much. We, We love you too. Before we go, we'd like to thank our producer, Noah Fleischman, our project coordinator, Alicia Morrissey, our video editor, Chatterbox, and the whole iHeart team. Passage to Profit on iHeart Radio, WOR 710, the voice of New York. 